Welcome to the Growth Mindset Podcast with me, your host today, Sam Harris. On the show, we believe anyone can achieve their dreams. We break down things like what it takes to lead explosive tech businesses to being paid to travel the world. Basically, I find amazing individuals doing cool things and share my insights. Today, we have a bit of a change of pace for the podcast, and I'm really happy to be exploring new directions besides tech for once. This is the Growth Mindset Podcast, after all, and not the CTO podcast. So I've often had conversations with people sort of in passing where you just happen to click with them and you feel like you could be really great friends, but then you never have a reason to like ever spend time together. And it kind of makes me sad when that happens. So the chance to... uh, find out more about people like that and to tell their stories is a really great privilege in running this podcast. So today I'm delighted to introduce to you my guest who happens to be my second cousin. I've only actually met him a few times in my life and never really spoken to him that much until a few months ago. We shared a train ride together back to London and um, spent a whole two hours just sort of chatting about life and it was really interesting. He seemed like a really cool guy and I guess he had more of a focus on being relaxed and seeking happiness first rather than just achieving world domination, which I guess wasn't really what I've been doing so much of my time. And it kind of intrigued and inspired me to um, reach out to have an interview with him on the podcast. So this won't be the sort of episode with crazy business inside secrets and the pace of it won't exactly light a bonfire under your ass to achieve as much as you possibly can. But it's actually a really interesting conversation on being a human being and like the situations you can find yourself in often by accident. And we actually cover some pretty big topics on getting what you want from life. I'd really encourage you to ask yourself some of the questions that we ask in the podcast as we go along and perhaps write some of them down to do afterwards or just press pause and have a bit of a think as you're going along. So I normally record a few throwaway intro questions as a warm-up, but I left them in today as they're actually kind of funny. And he also gives a bit of insight into them that's just kind of cute and nice. So I enjoyed them, so uh, I hope you do too. Uh, We started recording in the living room, but sadly there was quite a lot of road noise, so we had to sit in the floor of the corridor. And because we were in the corridor, we had to keep our voices down because we had Airbnb guests. So... It was a kind of odd situation that was kind of funny, and I felt like a bit of a naughty schoolboy at past my bedtime. It was like 11.30 when we actually got around to doing the interview. Um, or maybe it was 10.30. Who cares? It was late. So the fact we had to keep our voices down does give the whole conversation a bit of a soft edge that makes it feel like a bit more of a hug in a podcast, and it's really nice, actually. So if you're in the gym right now, This might not be the right moment to listen to this specific podcast, but if you're getting ready for bed or if you're having a walk in nature or you're doing some cooking or you're just having some like me time listening to your podcasts, this is the podcast for you. You'll really enjoy it. And on that note, here we go. The podcast. Hey, Edward. Welcome to the podcast. So I've been having some issues with my speech. So to start off with, I'm going to get all of my guests to do a tongue twister. Okay. It's good warmer and uh, to make you more eloquent for the rest of the podcast. Uh, I've got you a fairly simple one. Um, can you say this line, please? How can a clam cram in a clean cream can? Nice. 
I thought you could have done that better. <laughs> yeah, you can try it a second time. How can I clam cram in a clean cream can? Yeah, yes, cool. perfect. I should have done that as well, but it's okay. Nice. Anyway, now that we've kicked off and mm-hmm. you've done your tongue twister, can you quickly introduce yourself, please? Yeah, my name's Ed Broadhurst, and I'm 41 years old, 42 in November. Wow. Um, and I'm currently a solicitor for local government. Cool. Also, do you know how I am related to you? Because I'm still a bit lost on this. Uh, we share. Yes, I'm not sure the technical term, but we share the same. Grand, well, my grandfather was your great grandfather, okay. I think, and your grandma is my auntie, and your cousin, your your, your father cousin. is yeah. my cousin. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I think nice. we're second cousins. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I should probably just look that up as a, as a name. Um. Can you tell me what your favourite herb is? Um, it would be basil. Yeah? Yeah. That's because you like uh, pasta and pizza, or just the herb happens to be great? I like it with tomatoes, just yeah, it's... Uh, raw tomatoes. Um, and yeah, I like it in cooking as well, but I like to have it with raw tomatoes and maybe some mozzarella but it's gonna say that's balsamic it, um yeah sometimes maybe some olive oil but it reminds me of um my earliest sort of ventures to italy so yeah oh cool. it's quite memorable what was that, that like when you were a teenager yeah i suppose i'd be 18 19 uh it wasn't a gap year it was a gap month yeah <laughs> um so. in between first and second year mm. uh, of university and i went to italy um, and experience things that, um, food-wise, that I've not experienced before. And the memory of tasting basil always takes me back to being really hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they being really like happy and chilled, out, you know, <laughs> young and stuff. <laughs> it's being hot. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I like the way some some foods take me back. Um, like Italian definitely takes me back to. We had like a an Italian exchange student come and stay with us for like two weeks when I was really young, and she cooked so much amazing food that I'd never seen before. And yeah, always reminds me of her. Like, cool. Um, so what is your background like? So you a solicitor still, or you? Yeah, um, been a solicitor for 10 years. Um, during that time, I've worked mainly local government in property. Mm-hmm. So doing leases, licenses for small businesses, um, helping the council with their property portfolios. Um, during that time, I also set up on my own. Uh, had my own practice for a couple of years before selling it. Okay, wow, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, how did you go about setting up your own solicitor firm? It was through a friend of a friend. Uh, this guy was based in Chinatown, and he had an immigration Is practice. Um, he he provided a service for Chinese, um, mainly Chinese immigrants, to get visas sorted out. Um, and a lot of the his Chinese clients also had properties. Mm. But because he wasn't a law firm, he couldn't do property-related work. Yeah. So that's where I came in. So I set up a firm, and the idea was that he would feed me clients, mm. and I would look after their property work. Oh, nice. So nice. loads of takeaways, small businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. Of course. How come you sold it? Um, the, the work sort of... It was going well. Um, it sort of paid the bills. It wasn't massively successful financially. 
Um, and an opportunity came around where uh, somebody was looking for a law firm to buy um, and had placed an advert in the Law Society Gazette saying we'll buy any law firm um, because setting up a law firm is quite a hassle mm. and he needed this to be sort of set up immediately and it was far easier to just buy one yeah, than, to, than to set it all up. Yeah. So um, I took the opportunity and sold it. Yeah, so you're st- yeah, I'm still in touch with the guy. Yeah. It was kind of a bit of an accident the way you started it, ran it, and then sold it. Yeah, it was all an accident. Just, yeah, just a <laughs> of opportunities as they came. Yeah. Okay. What were your main lessons from the whole process? Um, it was. I wouldn't say it was hard work because it was quite enjoyable. Um, and at no time did I feel initially that anything was insurmountable. Mm. So. A lot of it, a lot of setting up the business was process driven. You'd fill out a form, send it off to the insurers, they'd give you the insurance. We got a serviced office, um, and it was all fairly straightforward. Everything kind of looked after itself. The, there was also three people working there, and I enjoyed that part of it because they did most of the legal work because they could speak Cantonese or Mandarin. And a lot of the clients were um, could only speak. Mandarin or Cantonese Um, and I enjoyed sort of liaising with them just making sure everything was okay and just generally supervising the stressful part was probably thinking is there going to be enough money at the end of the month to pay everybody Um, did you have a lot of employees uh, three it fluctuated between three and four I wasn't too much worried about the other bills yeah uh, it did kind of look after itself, and we just about broke even every month. I got paid, they got paid. Um, so it was in. It was a good experience mm, financially. It, it wasn't worth doing. Yeah, but it gives us like a, a lesson. That yeah, didn't break anything. Yeah, it was a bit like um, how can I put it? It was a challenge in as a bit like walking up, say, Hadrian's Wall. Mm. So it's difficult, and as if you don't want to do it, there's not really much point in doing it. Yeah, but if you want a challenge and you want to get to the other end, then it was kind of worthwhile. Okay, cool. That's, yeah. that makes sense. Looking back, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember like doing Duke of Edinburgh days where you sort of do four days of just walking, and you spend the entire time complaining like, "Oh, my feet hurt. Oh, yeah. I'm hungry. Oh, I'm tired." And then like afterwards, all you remember is like good things. Yeah, yeah. it was great. I want to do that again. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I like that analogy. How did you hire people? Uh, Put an advert through the job centre initially for um, a sort of paralegal, no legal training required, Mm. um, and put an advert in the local Chinese paper. Um, Then my contact in the immigration firm, he heard of a solicitor that was looking for another role and we had a chat and she came on board. Yeah, cool. Did you do much of an interview process or was it all fairly like... Um, Yeah, it was fairly informal. I think we went out for dinner in Chinatown. Cool. Um, She seemed very nice. She she is very nice. She she was really good as well. Uh, We got along. Um, She was very competent. Um, Yeah, it wasn't really a formal... Because it was so small, we wouldn't have had a formal sort of structure to anything like that. Mm. And so there's no like set of interview questions that you had or anything? Then? No, I don't think so. No. What was the key insight that you had from her that made you go, yep, she's the one? She was very friendly, relaxed, seemed easygoing, um, easy to talk to, and I thought we could work together. So yeah. uh, from that point of view, I knew that it would be okay, and I was right. Mm. Yeah. Was there any specific question you asked that helped you get there, or was it just 
Looking back, I think we just chatted. We sort of um, asked what her experience was um, in doing commercial property work. Um, she'd already worked for a Chinese law firm and she, mm. she clearly knew what she was doing. Um, she was also, I wouldn't say ambitious, but um, she wanted to know where she stood um, yeah. in the firm because she was taking a bit of a risk as well. Um, so in some ways I was being interviewed by her. Uh, um, then we agreed a package, a sort of bonus structure based on how much how many um transactions she would complete mm. in a month um and we took it from there okay cool so you kind of protected yourself if things didn't go perfectly and yeah you had a system that she would still benefit from as long as you work other yeah that's yeah. pretty important i think when you first start like a small business and you're like you're not quite sure if you're able to pay someone but you can have a system in place that makes sure they do enough work and yeah 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 i have that kind of issue um okay and then on a completely change of track path whatever you want to call it um Territorial Army. Uh, you've just been telling me about that before this, and yeah, it sounded really awesome. I had no idea that it's kind of potentially such a good way to do fun hobbies and yeah, yeah, find useful stuff. So, um, yeah, can you break down like maybe the main benefits of being in a TA and what you get sure. to do there? Um, first of all, it's completely different to Monday to Friday. So that the the reason why I joined was to do something that would take me away from the office mm. initially. Um, in fact, looking back, I used to play quite a lot of rugby, um, and I was living in the Midlands at the time with my parents. Mm. So Saturday was taken up with rugby. Then the rugby season had finished, and I thought, what can I do on a Saturday and Sunday? Uh, I'd been in the officer training corps at university, and I'd always sort of thought about going back to the TA. So I just went to local TA centre in Walsall. Um, went along on one of their open evening um, and signed up um, and it was completely different met completely different people to the sort of pe- people I'd work with during the week mm. um, from all walks of life uh, lots of different ages um, different experiences different skills um, it was an engineer squadron so our job was to drive diggers basically uh, and there were people there that could you know make them sort of turn around on a 50p piece and wow. do all sorts of stuff. Uh, and I think the other thing that was really attractive, what, what I really enjoyed was the teamwork. So mm. um, it's very team ethos based. Um, and there's a sense of a collective achievement at the end of even a weekend's training, if it was particularly hard, came back in, went to the bar perhaps, mm. um, and sort of bonded over the yeah. the weekend. or Effort and... Yeah. Team morale, spirit, yeah, and things. Yeah, well, we all got really wet. It was all awful. Nobody <laughs> slept. Yeah, well, sounds very nice. And then, how long do you need to do the training before you get to go and do things like just going skiing for a week? Um, it's changed quite a bit from when I first joined. I trained for about from when I joined to being a trained engineer on the first rung of the engineer ladder was about six months. But I believe mm. now it takes a little bit longer, maybe a year. Yeah. Um, but during that time, there's still opportunities to do adventurous training, um, to yes. join in with battlefield tours or... Yeah, so can you give me, what what's a battlefield tour? What, what's adventure um, training? So adventure training would be something that takes you out of your comfort zone. So it could be skiing Yeah. Um, for a complete beginner, going okay. to the top of the mountain. What if you've already skied before? They will take you to the next, okay, cool. next level. Yeah. So if you skied quite a lot before, they'll just take you on like pro skiing and that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, we do downhill racing, so mm. and it can be quite competitive. Um, so in the adjutant general's call, 
which is where I've been skiing a couple of times, mm. uh, there's maybe 120 skiers, uh, competent skiers. The top skiers normally end up going to ski for the army itself. Mm. And we've had um, some ski at the Olympics. Wow, that's ideal. Mm. Should have joined the TA when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Mate, that's cool. And then other things like you have to do like, lots of hiking or climbing. Yeah, hiking. Can you go climbing? You can go climbing, sailing. Sailing's what? really big. I like all of these things. Yeah. And parachuting, you were saying? Yes, you could do that oh. as adventure training or if you're... It's on my bucket list. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> um, the parachute regiment itself, that's part of the requirements mm. do many people get to the level where they get to go like wingsuiting and it's like well you want to do that I don't know I think there is or an army they... display team but that's yeah. probably the regular army but you would get like the qualification for like, the basic parachuting where you can like stuff to yeah. 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 that's so awesome mate. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you get paid to go and do these things yeah yeah, I've done this wrong my whole life. There's still time. Yeah, yeah. no, I, mean, <laughs> I think the the upper age limit though is forty something. Yeah, oh, and you can, easy. Yeah, but fourteen years left. <laughs> it's fine. Nice, and then you get to stay in it until you retire, or I think no, it's about fifty-five. All right, interesting. What about the normal army? Is it still fifty-five as well? Um, I think you do a twenty-two-year service, mm. and then you can ex- extend. Because mm, like some people are super fit. Like I had a biology teacher that was doing Ironmans at like sixty. Yeah, and yeah. he was insanely fit. Yeah, I think officers yeah. can stay in longer than non-officers. I think, mm. okay. um, but a lot of regular soldiers are now leaving to join the TA. They see mm. it as a Sort of halfway house. Oh, nice. Because yeah, I just never thought of like the army or the territorial army, just because I hate being told what to do by anyone. Yeah. And so like the idea of having like a permanent life where I never have any choices would be hell. But then opportunities to just go and do fun stuff for yeah. a weekend. Like I can yeah. be told what to do for a weekend if it involves doing things I want to do. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Cool. Yeah, that's a potential way to save money and do lots of awesome stuff and yeah, awesome yeah, definitely. Life, life goals. Yeah, nice and. So for that, do you have to do, like, a base level of keeping fit now? Like, just you yeah, running and going um, regularly to gym? There's two... We do two fitness tests a year, mm. um, which comprises of... Um, some sort of aerobic, so a mile and a half run. Depending on your age, you have to do it in a certain time. Okay. So for what's the time? I th- so for you, if you're under thirty, I think you need to do it in nine and a half minutes. Yeah, okay, it's pretty fast. Um, or it could be ten and a half. I think it's nine and a half, mm-hmm. and you have to do forty-four press ups in two minutes and fifty sit ups in two minutes. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Right. Um, you also have to do a six or eight mile forced march. Carrying mm-hmm. between 15 and 25 kilograms. By force march, is that like you've got to be covering like a mile every 10 minutes? or It works out about a mile thing? every 15 minutes. So okay. eight, eight miles in two hours. That's fine. Yeah. I think. Yeah. For someone who is not obese or something. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think I can do that one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll be in the TA in the next time. <laughs> yeah. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, interesting. That's a complete new life insight I could go do. Nice. Um... What routines do you follow, if any, like to keep you productive or just do you meditate? Do you go running every morning? What's like your your jam? Okay. One that I've started to do recently, uh, and I picked this up from a YouTube video, is, and it sounds ridiculous, Uh, Yeah. but make my bed every morning. Yeah? Yeah. I've heard that. And, uh, yeah, the, the it, I got it from a uh, YouTube video from a Navy SEAL who was doing a graduation ceremony mm. in the States. And he'd been in the Navy SEALs for, I don't know, 30 years. He'd reached the top. Mm. And he was giving 
the students tips on how to be better people and change the world. Cool. And he was using his experience in basic training um, to, to pass on these 10 life lessons. And he said the first thing is to make a bed in the morning. And his, his reasoning for it, which made perfect sense to me, was that if you make your bed, that's one task, achievable a task, that mm. you've done. Yeah, you start the day with like an immediate win and you just yeah. feel a bit more like organised and ready to take on the rest of the day. Exactly, and then, yeah. like At least your bed's made when you come back and you that's exactly, give you a sense yeah. of like a bit more control, I think, the rest of the day yeah. rather than like everything's a mess. And Yeah, yeah. And if you yeah. achieve that task, you can go on to achieve another task, mm. another task. And it takes like 20 seconds to actually bother to just do it. Yeah. Maybe a minute. Yeah, so that I've been doing and um, I get a small sense of achievement. <laughs> good to hear. Um, so it works, the same? Yeah. You, do you think you've had more wins since you started doing that in general? Um, or you just feel better about life? I just feel better. That's cool. I do also, normally my routine in the morning is to go into the kitchen, tidy up a little bit, mm. make a cup of tea um, for me and Dawn, and normally make porridge. Um, and it is sort of quite routine-ish, the way that yeah. I do it. Um, and I, I enjoy that part of the day, actually. Yeah, very much. I wish, I'd like to get up half an hour earlier mm-hmm. and either practice the piano or perhaps do some fitness. Both useful things between mm. half an hour of the day. Why have you not done that yet? I've done it a couple of times. Um, yeah, somehow I just need to... Force yourself a bit more. Force myself, yeah. Yeah, I went through a phase for like two weeks where I forced myself to get up at 6am every day and like play guitar for half an hour and then do some like work before I started like my normal work. So I just knew that I could like get some of my own things done. And it was quite good apart from I just still couldn't get myself to go to bed on time. Yes. And <laughs> well, after two weeks of yeah. only sleeping like four hours, it was like, actually, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, that, that is... A, I was thinking... I still quite liked it each morning being there. I mean, like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. My time. No one's interrupting me. Exactly. And I think you can achieve more. Well, I can achieve more in the morning. But, uh, but yeah, going to bed early is, is the key to that. Yeah. Like, I think if getting up at six, you have to ten. And we've just started watching House of Cards. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's eleven o'clock. You just it? record it and watch it the day after. Yeah. We've got on DVD. But oh, we're mate, just, just We're just addicted to it. Watch yeah, one yeah. We have to watch the next one. That makes me do that. Apparently, I should start watching it. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, on that note, have you got any book recommendations? <laughs> I'm reading a book at the moment, which I'm finding quite fascinating. It's um, it's a novel, but it's based on Cicero's rise in ancient Rome. Okay. It's by Robert Harris, and there's three of them, and the latest one came out fairly recently. And I thought, okay, I'm going to read them all and learn a little bit about ancient history at the same time. Mm. It's really well written, uh, and it's re- revelation in that I had no idea how bureaucratic ancient Rome was, mm. and also how Machiavellian it was, and how... Yeah. The various lawyers and the politicians were, would play various tricks or get allegiances and bribe people. And it's exactly like the House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. I can't get over it. I'm, I'm reading a book that's all about basically how the thirst for power drives these individuals mm. and their ambition, like, like in the House of Cards. I mean, they have everything, but they just want more. They want to achieve yeah. something. I don't but they're not even like, sure they, they just need control yeah. to like, get something they don't even need. Yeah. yeah. And the same crazy. was happening 2,000 years ago. It's human nature. That, yeah. that sounds like a really good book. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Mm. <laughs> I hope I'm in my 80s. 
Yeah, but the actual how you're not so sure about. I'm not so sure. Um, it still seems such a long way off for me, assuming mm. that I, I um, have an average life expectancy yeah. and I don't know what it will be then, but assuming it's sort of 85 or something, um, things have changed so drastically in the last 40 years mm. in, ter- yeah. in terms of That'd be crazy. Medical care. And Maybe you won't even know how people will get killed if they was like jobs get invented. Yeah. <laughs> like these days, like, yeah. Some new form of illness has never been yeah. made. Or, or maybe some cure or this, this, yeah. yeah. Maybe they, they just keep you going for a lot yeah. longer. Would you want to live forever if it was possible? Um, or like 200 years? I think it'd be really interesting to see how, how mm. things pan out. Would you get bored of it? I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I think I'd be fine with living that long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think as long as you're fit and you can mm, keep yeah, doing so interesting stuff. As long as you have like the health span that matches your lifespan, then it's mm. fine. If you're stuck in a bed all day, then mm. that's not so cool. Mm. But still, like Stephen Hawking's done amazing things with yeah. pretty bad health. Yeah. Well, so health and mind, Yeah. I guess, that'd be important. Okay. If you could wake up tomorrow, having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? Um... From, from a completely show off point of view, I'd love to be able to sing really well. Yeah, okay. I, think, I think that'd just be cool. Have you taken any singing lessons? Oh, I was in the church choir and I can sing in tune. Yeah. But I just stuff. don't have a particularly attractive voice. But mm. you know, you sort of see these people just get up on yeah, yeah, carry and carry rock it and you're like, yeah. Yeah, I have that same desire. Or um, or a drummer in a heavy metal band. Yeah, okay. Didn't realize you're into heavy metal. I'm not, but I'd love to. Okay, um, that's logical. Of course you're not. <laughs> When I say heavy metal, sort of that sort of stadium rock from the mid eighties. Yeah. When they had about twenty drums. Yeah. On top of the bass drum, and they were in like a cut off. Okay, so you want to be in like a band like Queen rather than like Metallica. Or yeah, Queen or Bon Jovi or something. Yeah, like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be fine. Yeah. I thought the name. Of... I think it'd be just the best feeling in the world to be in one of these stadiums, like yeah, a th- hundred thousand people, mm. and you just go. Yeah, be awesome. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I feel like it would be just as good if you're doing that on a guitar or something. Yeah, there's something like quite satisfying about drums. Yeah. It's just like the power of everything. I used to like enjoy just hitting them a lot when I was playing guitar when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're, you're the sort of, you're the pulse of yeah. the music. It's always pretty cool. Yeah. Cool, so maybe you should start taking drum lessons and singing lessons. Yeah, I could do. Again, yeah. in spare time. Yeah, maybe you should get up an hour early. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Half an hour of drums first thing in the morning. That's yeah, that perfect would, uh, for the uh, wife and Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be I'd be just as happy to be able to play jazz piano or yeah. something like that. Mm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it's probably there's too many things. Like probably just focus on one, but mm. our choice. Yeah. Um, when you got to forty, did you have any like I need to do this before I'm fifty, like life affirmations or? Um, the sort of broad stroke stuff, um, by the time I was 40, I wanted to, um, be on the property ladder, mm-hmm. and I achieved that just, um, I ran a marathon when I was oh, 40, cool. I say ran it, I mean sort of, jogged, like the yeah. occasional walk, um, I did that with Dawn, it was just good fun, yeah, I went to nice. New York, I did the New York marathon, yeah. so in a way it was really nice, because I, I didn't put myself under any pressure mm. to do a particular time, I just wanted yeah, to yeah, just completely soak up the atmosphere, um, see yeah, New York, not die, and not die, yeah. um, so that was a great feeling, mm. before I'm 50, I would like to pursue my interest in ancient history a little bit more. Okay. I'm beginning to think that I need to have 
a structured approach to this. Yeah, that nec- helps. Yeah, not necessarily <laughs> my structure that I'm sort of self-imposing, but actually book myself onto a course. Yeah, So I make think, a plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've yeah. got a history degree, so I could do a master's, I think, mm. straight away. Um, so I think I'll look into that. Yeah, I think it's quite good when you want to like do something to work out what it's like when you've achieved something in the future and think, okay, what were the steps I took to get here? Mm. So if you're like, okay, I want to be like a professor of this, then I need to have done X, Y, and Z. I need to have read yeah. these things. I need to have taken this course. I need to have done these lectures or something. That's a good idea. Whereas if you kind of think like, oh, what do I do now? Like you never quite like do it. But you're like actually, yeah. I have to. I've tried. Um, I've tried just gaining knowledge, reading a few books, mm. and. Uh, even watching lectures on YouTube, but it cool. never sort of um, yeah, it really feels like it's so official, like you're doing it. Yeah, it's kind of like sad. But... Yeah, I need an exam or mm. something mm. to work towards. Yeah, like do you know anyone who is kind of doing what you want to have achieved? No, you could or do no. Um... Okay, anyone on like Twitter that you might follow, or I don't know, well, people but... on YouTube that you could like ask them a comment, being like, maybe I probably could actually because. Um, I've looked at Birkbeck College, okay. which is part of the University of London, and they tend to take on mature students mm. and people that take evening classes. Uh, and on their website, they have testimonials. Um, so I could research that a little bit yeah. and probably get maybe get in touch with them. Nice. Um, go to an open evening. In fact, an open evening would be a brilliant idea. Mm, cool. Um, well, you yeah. should put that in your diary, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so then... Airbnb, you recently started doing that. Yeah. Um, what was that like as a jump from not doing Airbnb to... Um, again, it's the sort of initial... We wanted to do it, and then we, we sort of thinking, oh, the room's got to be perfect, or we've got to do mm. this. There was always a reason not to take the photos or not get yeah. on the actual app. And then one Saturday, we're just like, let's just get it out there, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Um, the app was really easy to follow, and we did it no problem, just a few photos. And within two or three days, we were booked mm. pretty much for the rest of that month and started to get bookings further down the line. Um, we were really conscious that we wanted a a good review for the first person so we yeah. had a good yeah. room and bars <laughs> yeah we ever did it yeah um, and I can't even remember who the first people were <laughs> I remember my first guest no I can't I went for breakfast with them one day that evening they were really nice they were here for two not very long mm. Clearly not memorable people no. then. <laughs> We've had yeah. quite a few. There's definitely a couple from New Zealand. I think they were the second second couple. Yeah. Well, they've had any New Zealanders. Yeah, they, they were going to a wedding in Wales. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's all worked out really well. I really enjoy it, actually. Mm, and, yeah. it, and it's no bother for Dawn and I. Mm. We just don't see them. Yeah, yeah, I found like Airbnb in terms of looking after the guests was really not a problem. Mm. Like, I didn't really want much. I didn't want to go on holiday and see things, and they really yeah. care about. They just want a bed, yeah, and stuff to be not horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's really clean, mm. easy to get to. Um, yeah, it's been good, and the extra money's coming handy. Yeah, I bet. So, yeah. So your advice on that, if at all possible, just do it because yeah, what's why the worst not? that can happen? Mm. Yeah, I've had some other friends that thought about doing it for ages and never did for quite a long time, and did and like oh. Yeah. that's fine yeah I just get money for not doing too much yeah exactly because we, we were we've got a parking space at the back and we oh, put that you. on yeah we, we put that on some website and it was like five pounds you know and it was quite a lot of work for mm. five pounds what so um, you can get more than that though yeah parking spaces yeah. maybe around here it's not safe yeah um, and when we first did Airbnb we were like you know, if we get one or two people and it's mm. 100 quid that'd be great yeah um, but it's really took off though you know, so how much are you making a month and now like, I think average 
six, seven hundred. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice amount of money to. Yeah, that's like a little holiday. Yeah, do some fun things with. Yeah, cool. Can pay for your drum lessons, eh? Or yeah. Your... Oh, maybe that's cool. I, yeah, cool. maybe I should actually take piano lessons. Because mm. um, again, that's really unstructured. I've tried to write down a plan. Yeah. Well, I think unless. Yeah, if you have someone I'm paying money. <laughs> It's hard, like, if you have, like, a mentor that happens to be a piano teacher and will teach you for free, then fine, but yeah. you kind of just need someone to, like, to just give you the purpose of, like, yeah, I have to achieve this by next week, otherwise yeah. it's kind of hard to... And I, th- I think the experience of a teacher that is not so much remembering what they were going through, but sees tens of, you know, at least tens or maybe a hundred people like me... Mm. Yeah, they can see relate to, like, what yeah. your problems are and what you should do more of. Yeah. Generally, just having a guide and yeah. a mentor and anything you want to do is just going to make it yeah. be more successful. Yeah, always. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Any other things? Do you have any questions for me? Um, can I ask anything? Yeah, go for it. Um, so, what? Uh, what's your ambition in life? In for the <laughs> next. Have you got any, you know how you said, have I got anything that I want to do by the time I'm 50? Yeah, okay. Have you got anything by the time you're 30? Yes. Okay. So by 25, I wanted to have a flat and do some music production. So I I got my flat and was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing business and have like a career break. And I just went and did music production for a bit. And then by 30, I had it written down that I wanted to be a millionaire, but I'm not so bothered about that. I more just want to be more like kind of content with just my life. I'm getting more into like doing that kind of every sort of year or two, doing a bit of a retirement and kind of going for like two months doing something fun like salsa class in Mexico or whatever um but I do want to have written an album by the time I'm 30 because I just think I should what sort of music is that um I'm not constraining myself to genre because I write a lot of acoustic music just because I have an acoustic guitar but when I started doing music production I was like oh my god I'm gonna make hip-hop I'm gonna make drum and bass and wow it was amazing so I don't haven't decided on that part exactly okay I mean I could probably just record an album album's worth of acoustic material and stuff I've written anyway mm-hmm. by now. So yeah, that. And then I do want to have done a business, because like I've run stuff successfully, but I want to have started a business that people like might have actually heard of. I want to have like had an effect on the world in terms of like, oh, this thing, yeah, it helped me like do something. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what it is exactly, but I just have like a random need to achieve because I'm young and I'm a guy and apparently that's what we have. Um, is there anything that you admire that's already out there that's like that? Uh, yes. I mean, any of like the cool tech startups I guess they just like have done something like an app wise they just sort of help you with your life so I've got like a fair few app ideas that would just help me be a human being in general like I'm really bad at remembering people's names and like I've got like the spec for an app just to help me remember people's names when I meet them and stuff mm-hmm. so things like that if I could do something like that and just get adopted by people and like feel like I've actually helped people would be great mm-hmm. then I guess the other one is I really want to just help people in general like I really enjoyed mentoring people when I was running the business accelerator at Bristol University so it's kind of part of why I started the podcast because I um had this one my friend's little sister who was doing her A-levels and she was doing really badly and kind of failing wasn't going to get into uni and stuff and she's at this really bad college where like everyone was just about to fail anyway and so she just kind of like had this mindset like well that was her life and I basically like I tutored her like maybe like three or four sessions but somehow I convinced her that she wasn't stupid and that she could do what she wanted with her life and she then managed to get A's and I was like holy crap how have I done that that's amazing yeah 
I've never been so chuffed in my life. I just wanted to be able to like scale that more and like teach people that actually your situation isn't your destiny. You can yeah. kind of do what you want. So I want to be able to like scale that ability to more than just how much time have I got to one on one with people to yeah. like a podcast of yeah. fun things. So yeah, a fair few goals by the time I'm 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mum did say I should concentrate on doing maybe like one goal at a time. But anyway, I've got four years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, my mind's whizzing with how, how you could do all these things. No, the, the last oh, one. Like, okay, yeah. Yes, um, it's quite a focused thing to tutor. Yeah, one person. One person so trying to relate to one person, you can go, okay, this is your problem, this is how you do it. So with the podcast, it's kind of like, that's why I've spoken to you, which is maybe like different to the average kind of, I've mostly spoken to like CTOs, CEOs, people like high up in like full businesses, but not everyone can relate to that. Like, mm. sure, they might want to be that, but they're not just going to go, oh, I've heard a podcast with that guy, so therefore I'm going to do that. Mm. They want to hear like, okay, maybe what is just like the next step for me to like, get towards that or hear someone who's decided to suddenly do that who is ditching their position now but it's mm. now just like the one next step ahead mm. so you know, yeah that'd be it's always something to start like how did they make a plan to then get there yeah so is there any way you could match you yeah. have to match people because I, I, I was know. talking to dawn about um we i mean I, I, my, my knowledge of apps is pretty mm. pretty okay, sort of like good. <laughs> click and point and yeah and swipe um nice uh, Dawn volunteers for the Red Cross mm -hmm. and we were just talking about general charities and, and groups in society that need help and one that I think is slightly overlooked is um, is elderly people because I think that they, they could have lived quite a full life mm. contributed tons and tons to society and other people's lives whether it's their children or everybody mm. they've met they may have changed people's lives along the way they, they'll have met I don't know what the statistic is but 10,000 people in their lifetime and it just seems really sad that towards the end they might not have anybody to even talk to mm. and we thought if you had some sort of device on your phone where it was just somebody that had a spare half an hour yeah that could get you just link up I know there'd be sort of loads of yeah, safety issues I had a similar thing that I tried to push when I was running my delivery business we had some potential contracts doing um, just delivering like, like meals on wheels and stuff to old people and I wanted to try and match up people in the community that were like maybe just retired but didn't have much to do and had spare time to do the deliveries from local shops to the old people that don't yeah. get people to talk to you but the people that have like spare time to like spend an hour each day when they deliver the bread or something to have a cup of tea or a coffee with the people but um yeah we never got the full contract which is really annoying mm. it was a really cool idea yeah well maybe there's something out there mm. now that um yeah, old so there people... should be a better system for it because part of the issue was like old people don't really use apps that much and trying to yeah. get the not so old people to use them but now i think that's not so much of a problem as yeah. like smartphones have been around for so long that not so many people don't i suppose that, I even if they're, they're children have yeah the, the only thing is the children might feel sort of guilty mm. <laughs> that they're sending somebody yeah, else on their behalf to yeah. look in on them but also old people have got um a lot of experience and mm. stories and even from a history point of view they'll, they'll have lived through stuff that we can only read about yeah yeah they've got first-hand knowledge of it even if it was you know the cold war or the 80s or the property slump or yeah the 70s yeah it's a funny one like or... didn't feel so real to me when i was younger like people talking about a time that I hadn't existed in yeah. but now that like i'm old enough to have like a history that is
isn't from my immediate memory. I, I can tell stories from the 90s that feel like a kind of long time ago to people that are 10 and be like, yeah, they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But now when I talk to someone that's like sort of 20 years older than me or 50 years older than me, it kind of, I understand a bit more the nostalgia they have and that the thing like actually definitely happened. Yeah. Whereas before it was kind of like a story that didn't feel so real. Yeah, yeah. Which is a hard one to explain. Yeah. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. And also... Um... You get a sense of what was perhaps even the mundane stuff. So, mm. wh- where did you go shopping? You know, what 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 did you do on a Friday night? What yeah, you, yeah. All that sort of stuff that is still relevant to us. Mm. We get somebody else's experience of it. Yeah. Where did you go on holiday? Yeah, holidays are completely different. Like you know, twenty years ago when you went to Italy, it was like yeah, still a kind of a cool thing to go and do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like so easy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, is there anything you think about the world that other people don't think, but you think they should know? Um, I think it's easy to take a lot of things for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that we've got, not just in terms of material wealth and the benefits that that brings, but the other things that that make me think that we really have won life's lottery Mm. is, uh, I'm not just talking about the health service or re-education or the infrastructure and millions of other things that we can benefit by. But from what I've seen, if you live in a very poor country or even area the corruption that goes with it means mm. that you're never actually free yeah not not in terms of um having ambition or anything like that but from a pure physical um point of view you could be physically restrained from doing something or even worse mm. the state could stop you from doing something so i would imagine in um if you're in a country where the worst thing in the world would be for the police to come through your door because they're yeah. going to frame you for something and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it, that to me is real poverty um, because you'll, you'll never be, you'll never escape mm. unless you flee the country and you know go to great lengths. Whereas we're so lucky that um, we have a, a police system, a legal system, a government um, stability mm. um, even when it doesn't seem stable it's really stable yeah in a modern country with lots of stuff mm. um, it doesn't necessarily matter what society you're born in you can still go on to achieve cool things and yeah. work hard yeah which is maybe one of the flaws in my podcast of like you can do anything you want with your life and that people in third world countries and stuff do have it harder mm. it's something i somehow want to tackle but i haven't yeah. worked that one out yet i had this conversation yeah. with ben once um mm. How many Johnny Wilkinsons are out there yeah. that have never picked up a rugby ball? Mm. Or how many classical yeah, Einsteins? Or Einsteins, or yeah. Or amazing classical pianists or mm. songwriters. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's quite spooky, scary. Um, yeah, I have got another question that I um I invented to get around the issue of when you ask a person like, would you ever take something back from your life or sort of not do something? They was like, oh no, because I like my memories and things. So if you could go back in, well, if I could take your mind back in time and put it back into you when you were born or when you were like ten or something, and you lived the rest of your life again, is there one thing you would definitely not have done? Not have done. Um... Trying to if I've not done it. Yeah, okay. You're gonna assume <laughs> that you'll still like meet your wife and these okay. things. So whilst you're thinking about that, on the opposite side, is there anything that you definitely would have done besides the obvious, like getting married and uh, okay, family stuff? Um, 
And as we've already mentioned, join the TA, you can't answer that one either. Or Airbnb. <laughs> it's answer to take. What have done? I always thought uh, one of the happiest moments of my life was when I'd finished my undergraduate degree, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which was history. And I remember feeling like no responsibilities, nothing. I remember being in a pub in, mm. I remember it very clearly, in Walsall. I just met up with a few friends. Yeah. And it was probably July or something like that. I'd all finished and we're all just sort of like wondering what to do next. Because it's like 1995? I think about 2000. 2000? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, carry on. And I remember thinking, God, I really miss it. Yeah. I really miss learning all that stuff. I miss all the essay writing. I miss everything about it. Mm. Oh, wait. I thought you meant straight after graduation you had this feeling. Yeah. Um, yes. Sort of like... Few, I just wait a few months. Yeah. Oh, okay. Weeks, maybe. Oh, right. <laughs> um, I remember good. thinking I really miss it. I remember that sensation then. But mm. then three or four years later, I remembered that sensation. Yeah. And th- thought, I wish I'd just bloody, I wish I'd stayed at university. Really. And just done my masters and possibly done a PhD and just and just stayed there. Yeah. Well, well instead, I went mental. To do, um, not a feeling I've ever had. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I always sort of use that as a sort of linchpin mm. of probably why I want to do it now. Yeah. Is because I know I'd enjoy it, I think. Mm, that's cool. People enjoy completely different things. I'm definitely very grateful that I left university after only three years and, like, mm. doing a master's and a PhD is just, like, I, super depressing to me. Yeah. I, I feel like even though I enjoyed the process of university, my degree, I don't think I even need to do. and could definitely just gone straight into, like, life. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, I would like to do several different degrees of things that I wish I had time to just spend time yeah. learning. I feel like getting super into learning things, but actually doing a degree process is a bit too long for me. Mm. But yeah, if you really like doing those things, then it's, yeah. it's kind of important to maybe actually spend more time on what you really enjoy in life rather than yeah. just going and working or doing whatever well, it is. That... The history or any form of history helps you make sense of... What's going on now. Yeah, to some yeah. extent. And also, I think it's called a humanity because it is really history of how we mm. do stuff. So I was in a museum yesterday and met up with a few friends, went to a, a museum that had um, loads of ancient stuff from Mesopotamia. And it had this little, what looked like a Rubik's Cube, but one on top of the like two Rubik's cubes stuck together. And it was tiny, tiny writing and it was a sort of ready reckoner. It was it was basically an app from five thousand years ago that some mm. accounting accounting guy in some bureaucratic city, I think it was Babylon, would use to count in and out bushels of corn or whatever it was. Yeah. And he'd use this thing as an aid to help him work out the weight and the price and mm. all this sort of stuff. And it was so ingenious because it was would, would have been held in his hand and he would have used it to just read off it. And I just thought that was amazing. Cool. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, on that note, I think that's um, the end of the podcast. Cool. In an hour. Cool. Um, I've enjoyed sitting on your corridor floor. It's lovely. I think I, my guests might be back. Oh, nice. Oh, no, it's no, the neighbours. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. Really cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as I did. As I mentioned in the episode, I think it's really important to seek inspiration from different perspectives. Like, Ed's more relaxed attitude to life is actually really refreshing, and I think his situation is very relatable for many people. A lot of the ideas and strategies that we outline are possibly more useful to the average listener and perhaps more life-changing compared to strategies we outline in other podcasts, learning how to best manage your startup to grow from a thousand people to a hundred thousand employees. Because 
I haven't done that yet. And um, <laughs> I probably don't actually need to learn that until I have 20 employees. So <laughs> perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself with some of these podcasts, but I think they're all pretty useful. Um, anyway, hopefully this helps you work out whether you even want to run a business or do other things. Um, growth mindset can be growth into any area, of course. So I think in general, the podcast also demonstrates that there are plenty of awesome and inspiring people around. If you just ask the right questions, you don't need to surround yourself with CEOs, etc., to get some good advice on just doing more with your life. Say, so be open to the people around you. And this leads nicely into my top tips from the episode. So tip number one, territorial army is actually pretty cool. It's a great way to meet new people and spend time on the weekend just doing fun, awesome stuff and learning skills, getting lots of exercise, challenging yourself, and for all the privilege of these opportunities, you get paid. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, disclaimer, you may have to go to war. Otherwise, sounds great. Number two, mentors. Having goals and dreams is just a part of being a human being, but equally, not finding time to do them all or committing properly is also a part of being a human being. So having a mentor for any specific goal can make a real difference in whether or not you achieve that goal. So whether it's a music coach, a fitness coach, or just a business coach, just having a mentor will represent a big step in how seriously you take it and how much commitment and energy you have for the project and whether or not it'll actually be successful. Tip three, don't just give advice for yourself. So this is more a reflection of, I often give advice based on like things that I've learned and don't always think from the other people's perspective. And just because something doesn't suit you, that doesn't mean that it isn't useful for others. So be very careful when telling people what to do with their lives and what decisions they should make. So for Edward, like university was his most favorite experience ever in his entire life. Whereas I was like, meh, university, I didn't need it. I kind of spent the entire time being distracted from my business whilst I was at uni rather than really enjoying it as in if I think I'd gone younger perhaps I would have been a bit more excited by the whole thing but I was already a bit old and done lots of exciting things by the time I arrived that yeah it was just a bunch of work I mean I still enjoyed the university experience I wouldn't necessarily take it back but I also wouldn't actually pay any money to go to a university when I could be learning skills whatever just out and about living my life so yeah, for me, don't tell people to go to university is a thing that I've often done and perhaps I shouldn't have. And so yeah, um, this is a long example of why you shouldn't just give advice that suits you and you should think about the person. Um, cool. He also mentions some books. He uh, really likes the Cicero Trillo, Trillo? <laughs> the Cicero Trilogy by Robert Harris. And book number one, it's called Imperium. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. Like all the sort of things that we commonly think of today were going on 2000 years ago in Rome with politics and greed and need for power. And just sounds like a nice insight into life back then. So I'm excited to read it and I hope it's as good as he said it was. And then he also recommended House of Cards as just a TV series that people should watch for similar reasons, but on the modern day version. I have generally had the attitude that real life politics annoys me enough. So watching a whole set of fake politics is something I just didn't feel like I needed in my life, but maybe it's good. So I'm going to give it a go. Why not? As always, 
Thanks a lot for listening. If you found the podcast useful, please support me by rating the podcast on iTunes or your preferred app. Please become a subscriber and share your favourite podcast with others as it really helps me grow the podcast. I'm Sam and this has been another episode of the Growth Mindset Podcast. I hope you enjoy your day.